0: Hey, good morning, Thrive. How are you doing today? Good, awesome, man. I love preaching so much; it's the most exciting thing to do. Ten fifty-two. Here we go. Okay, so good morning. Um, if you're taking notes this morning, there's not a lot to write down. I'm telling stories, and uh, the title of my message is "That's My Jesus." And it's the type of thing where every now and then you, when you get a breakthrough in life, you need to take a step back and, and look at it and go, wow, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. So often we, we have these, these moments of, of prayer being answered and stuff and we just go, oh, that's cool, thanks God. And, 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 we, and we carry on, but it's like, it's so good for your soul to, to step back and go, wow, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Over the last... Um, Last wee while, I've noticed an increase of just breakthroughs happening in my life, um, largely due to the fact that I've just needed a whole lot more help in my life. Um, But one of the things that I've really appreciated about what God's been doing for me is that not only has he been answering prayer, but he's been doing it in style. And I love the fact that God does things with a certain amount of finesse and flair. I mean, you read the book of Esther and I love that because I love storytelling and I love the way that God crafts the story of Esther so that right at the very moment, it's like a domino effect and everything just happens. He could have done it really, really simply, but God just, He loves to do things with style. You know, he loves to create mountains with snow peaks and everything like that. He says, You know, creation testifies to my existence. And I love to just look at things and go, Wow, that's my Jesus. I was driving to uh, Maramah uh, a couple of weeks back to see Paul and Helen and driving past the lakes. And, you know, it's really hard to stay on your side of the road when the lake's on the other side. You just keep drifting across. It's like, Wow, that's amazing. It's okay. It's okay. When you have your fall, you'll understand, but you're on a restricted at the moment, so you don't know. <laughs> so I want to share three stories this morning, and uh, they kind of go from coolness to, wow, man, God's amazing. And uh, some of them make me look kind of cool, and then others kind of like, oh, really, that guy? Um, so it's okay, there's a good cross balance of humility involved. That's right, that's right. Uh, so... Last year, I got invited to speak at my first conference, and I was so excited. I was like, oh man, not only do I get to preach, but I get to preach more than once, and it's the first conference, and and what I'd love to do with a massive part of my life is I'd love to be a tolerant speaker, I'd love to travel around doing these things, and I was so excited. And uh, the timing was quite awkward because the conference was a few days after we had Ruby, and I wanted to bring my whole family with me, so we needed to travel and ran as a champion. So she was like, "Yeah, now we'll just do that. We'll just drive for nine hours with a newborn baby. It'll be awesome." And I was like, "Yes." And uh, so I was so excited. And there's that, you know when you get those moments where there's like, man, God, I'm so excited that you're going to be doing something. But then on the other side, you're like, does this mean that I'm a better person than I was before? And, and you begin to have this sort of internal battle going on when you want to do everything for the right reasons, but you've got like this, you're still, you're, a bit of your brokenness there is going, man, I wonder, does, what if I get, don't get invited back? Or what if the other speaker is better than me? <gasps> That was a horrible thought. And these thoughts trot along, and then oh, it's kind of like pendulum swing between, God, like you're going to do such amazing things, and God, I'm going to be so amazing. Or, God, you're going to be so amazing. And it went through, and then even thoughts like, man, I wonder I get paid. What do conference speakers get paid? I wonder, well, I better get to go on a holiday after this conference. And, and all of these things going through my mind. And, and I got to a point where I was so confused. I said, Glenn, what should I do? <laughs> I don't feel like I'm ready to speak at a conference. It really spent way too long in my head. I was just like, go tell people Jesus loves them and then sit down and, you know, be quiet. And uh, Glenn's like, man, you're a muppet. Just go have some fun, okay? It's what you're made for. I was like, okay. And um, anyway, so we went and had a whole lot of fun. Time goes past. And uh, I haven't been paid from this conference. (laughs) And uh, that's bugging me a little bit, okay? Not... 10% not perfect, 90% not perfect. Um, And so time's going by, and I forget about it because I have a really forgetful memory. And uh, I'm going to go visit some friends. And I'm just about to go hop into my car and go see them. And I'm walking through my lounge, and I see a toy fire truck that I was actually meant to take when I went to the conference to give to my nephew. Uh, and I'd left it behind because I forgot about it. And as I walked past it, the Holy Spirit just spoke really quickly. He said, you should take that and give it to your friends, little boy. I've got the, these two friends and, and their son's about one year old. And so, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I grabbed the fire truck, put it in the boot of the car, hop into the car, and then the Holy Spirit speaks again because he's got my attention now, so I'm listening. And he says, oh, and by the way, you should also give them $500. And I'm like, oh, man, it's amazing how your imagination just takes over, eh, God? And I head down the driver going, oh, just wait, if he says it again, then I'll consider it. Ah, yeah. am oh, not hearing nothing, this radio's cranked up, it's all good, and, you know, going along, and I'm thinking, oh, man, oh, oh I don't want to give away $500, that's so much money, it's so unhelpful. And I'm thinking about it going, oh, I'm going to need to tell Rhianna. And Ryanna won't care. She'll just say yes. And if I ask her to pray about it, she'll come back with a bigger number. So I just, like, I just have to like, oh, so annoying. And anyway, so I'm trying to keep my eyes open. Chris tells me that when I tell stories, I just close my eyes. So I'm focused. That's right. Thank you. You're also my mentor. That's your fault. Okay. So anyway, I'm driving there to my friend's place. And, and my friend's recently been made unemployed because while he was preaching, one of his eyes literally exploded. Um, and so he lost his job. Um, yeah, I know, right? Okay, so please, I, I'm wasting time. I have two more stories left. Hold on. All right, so... I'm driving there, and then while I'm driving, I get a text from Rihanna, because Rihanna's the type of person that checks our bank balance like every 20 minutes. Not because she's tired on money, but because she just loves seeing numbers. And so I get a text saying, hey, um, you just got paid for that conference. You got paid $500. I'm like, oh, gosh, it's so unhelpful. So I'm like, oh, fine, God. Now I have to give away the money that I was really like uh, imperfect about wanting. And so I go around there to my friend's place and they're not even home. They'd blown me off. And so I was like, oh, that's lame. And so I leave the present there for them in their house and I slot the money on top and it turns out their son was really sick. And they'd taken their son to the hospital. And so when they came back with their sick boy, there was a present waiting for them, And I got a call from them saying, hey, thank you so much um, because our son was sick, I couldn't make my appointment with Winds for our sickness benefit, and we were short five hundred dollars. And isn't it just like amazing when you step back and Jesus just knows the whole picture. You go, "Fire out, Jesus! You're so incredible! Like you're so incredible!" And it's just what astounds me about how amazing Jesus is, is that he can take you when you're completely distracted going about your day. If you're just a teeny bit attentive to his whisper, he'll get a hold of you in a moment. All I was doing was just walking through a lounge and I saw a toy present that I'd forgotten to give to somebody else and just sent me down this trail. And then, you know, and it was amazing. And what I loved the most is that it didn't cost me anything because I didn't actually lose any money. I just gave away what God gave to me which was pretty cool. um, A while ago, we were were looking at buying this house. We've since relocated it onto our land. It's just finished being jibbed, and we're going to start painting it in a few days. And and, uh, that's going to be really cool. And we're moving in on the 28th, and it looks like we're going to be moving into a fully painted house, Uh, which is pretty exciting. I'm pretty pumped about that because about three, four weeks ago, I was sitting in church here feeling completely sorry for myself and completely like, oh, I'm going to move into a house that's just going to have framing up. It's not going to be finished. And twice um, on Sunday morning during the service, God said, man, why are you being so depressing? It's like, this is just not fun. It's up to you. If you want to move into a fully painted home, you can. You just need to ask me. But if you want to be pessimistic about it, you can move into a half-finished house. You can choose. And so I started going, all right, we're going to, we're going to go for this. We're going to go for this. And we're definitely going to get there. But the story that I love about this house is we were, we, we'd put a deposit on it And we needed to secure finance to buy the rest of it, to relocate it. And we needed the bank to give us another 30,000 that they'd already agreed to do. And so we'd be going through all these things, getting different quotes and different things in writing to show the bank how much the project would cost and all of that stuff. And they were going to call us in the morning to let us know whether we could get the house or not, whether they would give us the additional 30. And I go to bed that night and I have a really vivid dream. In my dream is one of those ones where you, you know that this is, wow, this is a God dream right now. And it's so clear. And in the dream, I'm walking down High Street and I bump into Sean Bellamy. Um, Sean Bellamy runs the host team here. You're, if you've ever been to church here before, then you've obviously, you have, and you've met him at the door. He's on holiday today. So if this is your first time today, you won't have met him. But other than that, you've seen him. And in my dream, I'm walking down the street and I bump into Sean and he goes, hey man, how's it going? And I go, yeah, you know, it's all right, though I've just heard from the bank, and I'm not going to get the 30000 I need to get the house we want. And then in the dream, he replies saying, oh, I'll fix that. I'll lend you 30000 And that's the dream, and I wake up, and instantly, it's like I snap out of it. I'm like, wow, that was a God dream. That was so clear. And then being sort of the person I am, I go, God, that—that that was a great dream, but that actually won't work. It's not—it's a flawed dream because it's not that we don't have money; it's that we're cash poor. So even if we get that loan, our risk matrix will be too high, and we won't be able to pay it back. God, that's not going to work. I go to the house. I meet a plumber there, and all of that stuff. I get a text from Rowanna saying, "Hey, just heard from the bank. This is real life now. Just heard from the bank." Um, it's not 100% confirmed, but it doesn't look like they're going to give us the 30000 we need to be able to buy the house. And I'm so deflated, like, oh. And I drive to church. No one's here except Sean Bellamy walking out of the building. I didn't even know he had a key. And I'm like, what? And, and I see him, and instantly I'm just like, oh, free $30,000. <laughs> i have run this story past him, so it's so okay. And so he comes towards me and goes, hey, man. How's your day going? And instantly, the hairs on my arm are like, Mwah. and I'm like, good. Except I've just heard from the bank, and it doesn't look like we're going to get the 30000 we need to buy the house we want. And then he says, oh, I'll fix that. I'll employ Rowena one day a week as my PA to increase your cash flow. So we go straight to the bank, and the bank look at the numbers. and go, sweet, no, that's fine. You get the house. And it's amazing the way you just look and go, holy smokes, Jesus. You're so good. Like, you're so good to be able to stand back and just go, God, you are amazing. And I'm sharing these stories today because, I mean, I love it when somebody gets miraculously healed. I love the prophetic. I love it when people get baptized and all that stuff. But I also love how much God cares about our everyday life. Like, how much He cares that a lot of boys coming back from the hospital and there could be a toy waiting for them how much he cares that there's a house that I really, really want to get, God, and I want it so bad, Dad, I really need the money for it. And he could have done it some other way, but doing it with the dream and then having Sean meet me there is just so much more cool. There's so much more fun. And I want to share the last story and then then I'm going to close. Uh, A few years ago, my first year leading Easter camp, it was the night before going to Easter camp. And Easter camp, if you've never been, it's a big deal. It's about five days, the 18-hour days, and, and it's incredibly spiritually intense. And it's, there's 5,000 kids there. And it's my first year leading, and we've got 122 kids that we're taking. And I have this intense night of this horrific nightmares of demons just chasing me all through the camp. And then I wake up from that, and Judah um, is up in his room, and he's got croup. He's never had croup before, and all my alarm bells start going off because I I nearly died a couple of times from croup. Is when you get this horrific cough and your your throat swells up and the airflow doesn't get through, and, and so I end up at A and E with him for most of the night. And I get to camp, I've only had a few hours sleep, and we've got this guy um, Benji Alexander, who's this crazy revivalist, staying at camp with us, and and I'm I'm really cut up about the fact that Judah has experienced this. It's like my worst thoughts being realised. And he and Benji's praying for me, and really quietly, the Holy Spirit whispers to me about Judah's health and says, hey, I need you to trust me like you trusted me when you were a boy. And I, and I heard it, and I spoke it out loud, and I thought about it for a long time. I mailed this over for months and months and months, and I just I just couldn't do it. And time goes by, and I end up in Wellington about to go to a young pastor's conference unleashed, and, and that's pretty cool. And uh, the night before the conference starts, or two nights before, and Judy ends up with croup again. And I'm outside wrapping him up in the middle of the night to get the cold air going over him and everything like that. And, and we end up taking him to A&E. And then he ends up being ambulance from PowerParan to the Wellington Hospital. And I'm, I'm there in hospital with him. And then Ryan is so incredibly left brain and amazing. She texts me saying, hey, hope you had a good night's sleep in the hospital. By the way, I'm pregnant. And I was like, what? I was like, wow, this is a roller coaster of a day. And uh, and uh, I'm tired and everything like that. And, and then we go to Unleash, and I'm absolutely shattered. I even missed one of Lynn's sessions because I went to bed and slept. Sorry, it's <laughs> true story. And it uh, rolls around to about 11, 11 at night, and Judah's croup starts up again. And I'm just, I can't believe it. That I'm just like, oh man, this just, this is not what I want in life. And Jasmine's crew begins to start up. And I was like, what? Now two of them have it. And I'm walking around outside and walking past and Wes Chambers is there. Wes Chambers is like a modern day Gandalf. He's huge and big and lovely and terrifying all at the same time. He's a lot like John Steele. And uh, I see him and he's walking past. and I'm like, oh, Wes is up. So I knock on the door. I'm like, Wes, would you come pray for my kids? And so he comes over to my cabin and he begins praying for them and stuff. And and then as he's praying, God begins to speak to me really clearly. And, and all of a sudden, he says, Jared, you, you've got fear around your kid's health. And that fear is actually given the sickness permission to be here. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's unhelpful. Uh, God says so many unhelpful things to me that are so helpful. And so I... I So I go, yes, this is what Holy Spirit's just told me. And so he says, oh, okay, no, that's true. Because what you think and what you say, what you speak over your life, it it, it creates legal documents for the spiritual realm. So what I need you to do now is all I need you to say is I break agreement with fear over my kid's life and I accept the covenant of Jesus. He says, that's all you need to do. I open my mouth and this is what happens. He says, can you talk? And I'm like, and it was like a hand was crushing my throat. And so I begin to go, uh, 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 and eventually I get the sentence out. And then all of a sudden, this story gets a little bit intense, but hey, it's church, it's okay. Um, all of a sudden I say the sentence and then my body slams down onto the ground and begins shaking and I begin screaming uncontrollably and pulling at the blankets. People at the other end of, the, of these cabin corridors get up and they come down because they want to know what's happening and they come and they take the kids away. And, I'm, and then like it's about 30 seconds later and Wes is like, you know, as he does. And I get up and I'm like, wow. And I look at him and he looks at me and I go, Man, that escalated quickly. And he goes, I really wasn't expecting that. And I was like, what was all I? He was like, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel amazing. And he goes, that's right. He says, fear's been broken off. And you've got to live in the freedom of Christ. When when you thought that about your kids, and when when you you became fearful about it, it began to invite it. You need to continue to walk in the victory of Christ. Anyway, I go home, and I'm like, yeah, my kids are, are croup-free. And it's about six months later, and all of a sudden, I wake up, and I hear that, that cough again. And I'm lying in bed, and I go up to check on Judah. And everything in me wants to get a mattress and put it down because I know how quickly croup can turn. And I'm like, I need to, I need to stay in this room to monitor him. And I hear Jesus going, no, you don't. I'm like, Jesus, I do. He goes, no, you don't, go to bed. I said, like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to bed here. He's like, go to your room. So I'm like, okay. He said it way nicer than that, so it's okay. So I go downstairs and I'm in my room and I sit into bed and I can hear him. I'm like, this is either going to work out really good or really bad. It's a scary moment. Real men get emotional, it's Okay. I know how to build a house, (laughs) mostly. And uh, it's that moment where I need to trust God like a child. It's really easy. It's a lot easier to trust Him with yourself. But when it's someone like, But God, you know, he's so good. And he knows the way we're wired because he wired us that way. And I'm sitting there like this concerned dad. And then he just speaks and says, Hey, you know what, Jared? You need to know something. I love him more than you do. And then instantly peace just floods over me. I'm like, you do. You love him more than me. History tells me differently. My experience tells me differently. But I can trust your love. That I can trust. So I go to bed. I have the most... like I'm asleep in like two minutes. And he hasn't had croup since. And so like sometimes I just stand back and I go, man... That's my Jesus. He's so persistent. He's so faithful. The way he'll say, you know, trust me. And he'll take you on a two year journey. God, you need to do this. You need to let go. I'm sorry, I've not shared this story before, really. I didn't expect to get emotional. I was meant to be like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get some keys going, eh? <laughs> and um, what I want to do this morning um, instead of doing like a yeah is I actually just want to invite people up you've got areas in your life where you really need to have a moment where you can go wow Jesus came through and it's like you're sitting in that that dip of the valley where you've been at a height and you've been walking down and when you're walking down you can see the next peak of where you're going you see your next point of calling and destiny and there's a clarity but when you get to the bottom all you see is the shrubbery in front and you don't know what's up and what's down or whether you go left or right and there's people here who just have that little bit of that lost sensation and you, in your heart you know man I need it that's my Jesus moment so if that's you this morning I just want to I want to speak peace over you because God has got peace for the journey the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter to the light of the day and God orders the steps of the righteous he says I'll go before you level bumps fill in holes and make straight paths but man it can be scary This morning, I'd really just love to declare peace over anyone that needs it. Needs it, that's my Jesus. So if you'd just like to, if everyone just stand right now. Maybe we'll get the rest of the band up. Yeah. Maybe like a nice worshipy thing yeah This is opposed to a bad worship one yeah and if you'd like prayer this morning I'd just love to declare peace over you and we're just going to worship this morning and then at the end of the song Lynn will say have a great Sunday and all of that stuff <laughs> so just come up if you'd like prayer